listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 6th of February 2024. We've got two interviews in 10 minutes, one on the news story of the day, the second on the markets, and that will be with Catherine Alfrey from Wavestone Capital. But first, to the Reserve Bank, which held official interest rates at 4.35%, but said it cannot rule out another rate rise. For all the details, I spoke with Carlos Cacho, the Chief Economist at Jardin Group. Carlos, so the RBA held official interest rates today at 4.35%, but also said that a further increase in interest rates cannot be ruled out. That's despite easing inflation and the market pricing in rate cuts later this year. Do you believe it? I do, Ricardo. I think, look, services inflation is still quite elevated. The moderation we've seen in inflation is good, but it's mostly driven by by goods. And so the RBA really wants to see that offset. Um, And indeed, we don't actually we don't expect rate cuts until 2025. So we think it could be quite a while, um, you know, kind of all eight meetings this year waiting and passing the RBA before we actually get any changes. So apart from that services inflation, or if you can go into more detail about that, what do you think the RBA is seeing in the economy that perhaps others aren't? I mean, retail sales, employment and inflation are all moderating. Isn't the economy softening or is demand, for example, still high? The economy is softening, but it is coming off a pretty high base. You know, unemployment, yes, it has increased from the lows, but it's still below 4%. It's still well below where it was pre-COVID. The labour market, while it is coming off a high, it is still very strong. Um, look, the consumer is clearly under pressure. We know that. But um, now I hate to say that's that's kind of the point of interest rate increases. The RBA is trying to take demand out of the economy. And on the inflationary front, while we are seeing goods, prices, furniture, electronics come back, things like rents, insurance, utilities are still rising at a pretty rapid pace. That's going to make it hard hard for the RBA to get back to that sustainably within that 2 to 3% inflation target. On that target, so the RBA also released its statement on monetary policy today, a little bit earlier than expected because of these changes into the review of the RBA last year. As you mentioned, the CPI not reaching the midpoint of the RBA target band uh, until 2026. Uh, what's your take of this and what are the implications Look, I think the RBA's forecasts overall do look a little bit on the elevated side to me, but I think the general gist that it's going to take a while for inflation to come back down towards target is right. Um, you know, as an example on rents, rents within the CPI have only increased 10% since 2019, whereas we look at asking market rents, they're actually up over 30%. So that suggests to me that we're going to see two years of rents going up in the in the CPI by close to 10%, which is going to mean it is going to take a while to get that um that inflation back down. In terms of what that means, that means that I think it's going to be a pretty gradual and slow process for the RBA to, to one, get to cutting rates, and two, to go through that process of cutting. I think, you know, we're not going to see a big bang, uh, you know, series of rate cuts um, if the outlook evolves as they expect. The RBA also highlighted concerns about the external environment, namely China and the Chinese economy and the implications of the conflicts in the Red Sea, the Middle East and Ukraine, for example. Is it right to be concerned? Look, I, I definitely think so. If we look globally, uncertainty across a whole range of metrics, you know, policy, um, geopolitics, politic, uh, politics itself, um, is, is really high. 
And that's going to bring with it extra risks. You know, what's happening in the Red Sea, if, if it continues, um, you know, that is that could start flowing through to domestic supply chains here through the shipping rates. And while it's not nearly as some, um, the, the disruptions we're seeing, at least in terms of the impact on shipping prices, are not nearly as severe as they were during the, the depths of COVID. Um, you know, we have seen rates from China to Europe go up by 400%. Um, since that began. And, and that does risk potentially spilling over into domestic supply chains, because even though we're not directly impacted, it does significantly tighten up global shipping. Um, and, you know, I think uh, the Chinese economy is still looking pretty shaky at the moment. Um, it has been a, a support for Australia. Our commodity prices uh, remain at, at pretty elevated levels. Uh, but the outlook in China, particularly for residential property, is looking um, very uncertain and pretty challenging. And in wrapping up, what do you think is the overall message the the RBA is trying to send with its commentary? Because do you think, A, it's fair that the RBA governor may be trying to jawbone, I guess, the Australian public into thinking, hey, rates may still rise when a lot of the investment community was starting to talk about rate cuts? And if and when we do those rate cuts, do you remind us again when you expect that to happen and the speed of which those rate cuts will come? Look, I do think what the RBA, the message the RBA is trying to send is one that, you know, we've made good progress, we're on the right track, but we're not there yet. And it's going to be a while before we get to the stage where we can start easing policy. I think they're trying to tell us and get the message out there that we should expect rates to remain at these levels um, for some time to come and that they are really, really focused on bringing inflation down. I think Bullock was right to kind of highlight and start um, with a slightly political angle of, you know, highlighting that, yes, rates are a challenge for consumers, but inflation is um, is also a challenge. And the RBA's number one focus at the moment is to get inflation back down to their target. In terms of how we see that playing out, we don't think we're going to get the first rate cut until February 2025. And then we expect about four rate cuts through 2025 for the cash rate to end the year around three and a half percent. So um, around there is where we think uh, about neutral is, kind of where interest rates are neither restrictive or, or stimulatory. Um, and then we kind of, you know, barring some other, um, you know, crisis or, or shock, we expect they're going to remain there for, for hopefully a little, a little while at least. It is Carlos Cacho there, the Chief Economist at Jardin Group. To the Australian share market now, which fell at the open and by the close finished down 0.6%. For the details, I spoke with Catherine Allfree, a portfolio manager at Wavestone Capital. Catherine, firstly, how did the market react to the RBA decision to leave rates on hold, but more importantly, its commentary? Well, I think people are still actually gunning through the commentary because we've actually had the monetary statement released for the first time. Usually we just get the statement and then a few days later we actually get the commentary. Uh, And this time we also had a press conference. So it's all new for financial markets. But to be honest, there really wasn't a lot of change. The market was weak um, on the open and stayed weak, rallied a little bit at lunchtime and pretty much has stayed that way until close at four o'clock. One of the interesting statements to come out of the the release anyway was that the RBA didn't rule out the possibility of another rate rise. What does this all mean for market pricing in terms of when the RBA may actually cut? Has it been pushed back further as a result? Look, only slightly. The market was expecting a rate cut in August, um, a 25 basis point cut there. Now it's actually pricing only a 22 basis point cut. In August, so that suggests that the market's thinking mm, could be more like September. Uh, but other than that, there really hasn't been a lot of change. And the, the rhetoric from the RBA was second half of 24. You know, they're watching things like what's happening in the Red Sea in terms of supply side. 
because you could see the spike in international freight rates as a result, and so that will feed through into inflation. They're watching, obviously, what's happened in the ports here in Australia. So there are some supply-side factors of inflation that are affecting it. So you mentioned the no real reaction on the markets, but what about on the currency markets? The Australian dollar has taken a bit of a hit lately, but it's been bouncing around over the past few days. Uh, To what extent does the direction of US interest rates also have to do with this? Has today's decision by the RBA have an impact? And what about that that other country, China? (laughs) So the Australian dollar really is a termination of the differential between the US rates and the US you know, obviously have higher cash rates than we do here in Australia. They're at, you know, five uh, five to five and a half, um, whereas we're here at 4.35, right? So they have a higher cash rate. Uh, and so hence why we have a weaker dollar because they're paying obviously a higher rate over there. And then you have the Chinese where uh, the economy and all the economic indicators continue to be weak. We've had seen a weak stock market as well. And international investors see Australia as a global proxy, Uh, for what's going on in the Chinese economy. So hence why our currency has remained quite weak. Um, The changing interest rate environment. I mean, you said there was only um, a a small change in terms of the August pricing. Is it changing the way you're investing at all? No, we're bottom-up investors. Um, What's more interesting for us is reporting season, which is just getting underway. And we're obviously starting to see some results uh, coming out and the commentary about what companies are doing and how they're managing uh, the change in circumstances around the rising interest rates. Um, We didn't have a particularly great reporting season in August last year, uh, whereas this year we would be hoping in February that we'll see some better reports from companies. Just uh, one on a couple of stock specifics today. Retail stocks did well, which was interesting. Nick Scarly, mm. half year better than expected uh, profit numbers. Lower sales at mm. Meyer though, amid heavy discounting, but its share price still up quite strongly. What's your take on this and on the way the consumer is feeling? Well, actually, you know, in both cases, really, the sales results were better in January than people were fearing. Um, because if you remember, we go back to Black Friday in November, that has become probably the ultimate event for retailers now. And so we saw a weak December number and a weak December you know, numbers being printed. And so to see the first taste of how the January results have gone and they're actually positive for you know, Nick Scarly, uh, particularly in orders taken, but in the case of Maya, it was pretty flat. So I think the market was quite relieved to see that. Clearly, consumers hopefully are looking forward to some tax cuts uh, mid-year. Uh, and they know that interest rates have pretty much peaked. So I think people feel a lot more confidence, hence we're starting to see it um, at the cash registers. And finally, um, where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? Yes, well, that's a very good question. We've had a very good run um, since October in, in the Australian stock market as we have globally. I still think the opportunities remain in technology if we take a longer-term view. I think healthcare's had a really good run, but probably due for a bit of a pause. But having said that, you know, the stocks like CSL, uh, ResMed have uh, continued to look look good. Uh, and then it's sort of bottom up. We're like looking through the lithium sector, seeing if there's anything there, because that's one sector that's absolutely been torched. Uh, so there's sort of some ideas for your listeners. Catherine Alfrey there from Wavestone Capital. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. 
You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.